building a brand is not an easy thing. And as a matter of fact, you must build a brand, particularly a personal brand from the inside out. My guest today is going to be sharing with us some rules and strategies that will help us to build a powerful, profitable and impactful personal brand so that you can live the life that you crave. I'm excited to be sharing this episode with you and I can't wait to share my guest. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Brand with Mark Keith Brayton. And you know, I am always, always excited that you join me each and every week for these episodes. So I do not take it for granted because you could be doing a whole lot of other things other than listening to the podcast. So I am so appreciative. This week, I have another special guest, someone who I met uh, this year in 2019 as we prepare to go into a whole new decade. And he and I had a brief conversation uh, when we met in person and then continued our conversation via social media. And I have been wanting to get him on the podcast for uh, some time now. My guest today is none other than... Derek Ross, who is passionate, creative, attentive, confident, through loyal six of the many words that define who he is. For 14 years, Derek has worked with business and entrepreneurs to advance their mission, elevate their brand, and amplify their voice through branding, marketing, and public relations strategies and campaigns. His commitment to excellent strategic and forward-thinking outlook and compelling personality has made him a valuable asset to businesses who are committed to taking their brands to the next level. And you all know that I'm all about making sure that you have a brand par excellence. Also, as a certified mindset and business facilitator, he guides and supports executives, entrepreneurs, and influencers in developing a powerful mindset and gaining the clarity needed to align their talents, skills, experiences, and resources to accelerate their business and brand with intention and action. And so without me prolonging this uh, whole introduction, let's just go ahead and welcome Derek to the Maximize Your Brand podcast. What's up, Derek? What's going on? What's going on? I had to think about it. I was like, good. good. I wrote that? That sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> I had to catch myself because I was about to say, what's up, D? You know, <laughs> Hey. Anyhow, you know, I always give that brief introduction, but like to start out the podcast always with you mm-hmm. just kind of letting us know a little bit more about yourself in your own words and mm-hmm. you know, telling us a little bit about something that we may not would know had we uh, never met you before. Wow. Um, well, uh, I would say one thing uh, about me, I'll start there. One thing about me that you may not know um, I am a licensed Zumba instructor. I've been teaching Zumba for uh, six years now. I have three classes a week. And so um, in high school, I used to uh, take dance class. I took dance two and three. And I used to choreograph uh, with the group. We, used to, uh, we actually auditioned to open up for Destiny's Child. 
um, one time at for Central's Homecoming here in Durham, North Carolina. So yeah, I have a little dance background. And uh, so now I pair that with my athletics. I used to run track. And so Zumba is kind of like the, the perfect fit for me. So yeah, I've been an instructor for six years uh, and my mom got me into it. So uh, that's that's an interesting tidbit uh, for you all. But um, but that's my part time, uh, full time. Um, I've been a full time entrepreneur now for five years. Uh, my background has been, uh, of course, in marketing and branding and PR. And so I was lucky enough, uh, blessed enough to land a dream job right out of college. Had a, a company credit card, company car, traveling, doing mobile marketing, and it just kind of accelerated up through the ranks of the agency life over those years. And um, really, you know, paid attention to how everything was working out and said, you know, one day I can do this for myself. And uh, fast forward uh, about 10 years later, um, here I am uh, doing, doing what I love, uh, helping entrepreneurs and business owners really just create the strategies that help them get the visibility, uh, the clarity, and um, the, the voice um, that they need to really make an impact in the world today. So. Which is, you know, to me is so important. I work, uh, do similar work as well, working with uh, corporate executives, particularly C-suite executives and mm-hmm. entrepreneur influencers. And what I like to say to shift from being the best kept secret to known and paid for the expertise, yes, you know, sir. because we all have a level of expertise. And I know that many people have uh, passions and, and dreams and visions that they want mm-hmm. to accomplish. But sometimes they they lack the know-how or the strategy and how to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So when you think about your time working professionally before you shifted into uh, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. you know, what were some of those things that you, you know, had to put in place or thought to put in place before you made that shift? Wow. Um, For me, I think it was all about making sure that my network was solid. Um, One thing that I hold true today, and it's still paying dividends to me today, uh, is the fact that I positioned myself and I made myself known as being somebody who was dependable, who was a hard worker, who always showed up and who would go the extra mile to get things done. And so, and I've always been that way. Um, And so it wasn't until recently uh, when I did a branding training for some students uh, at Food Lion, uh, when I was sharing my story and it was, I kept saying, no, like, and trust, no, like, and trust. But it was really the no, like, and trust that even throughout my journey and my career, people would be like, oh, Derek is the person you need to go to for that. Mm -hmm. And I would get opportunities to introduce. And so everything that followed my career um, has always been related back to my personal brand and what I showed and how I showed up. And it left a mark that, you know, anytime anybody thought about marketing or branding, it was like, yo, you need to talk to Derek about that. Yeah. And yeah. so that would was the thing that I didn't know I was doing at the time. Um, but it was just a part of my core value. You know, I always wanted everybody to win. I wanted us to, how can we all win? And so if I need to step up and, you know, take the extra initiative here, it wasn't about, okay, that's not my role, my responsibility. It's about how does the team win? And so I've always led with that. And, you know, I I guess I attest some of that to being a student athlete, you know, running track, you have your individual events, but then you also have your team events. And so me scoring on an individual event you know, helps the overall team. And so it's always about how can we all win? And um, because if you lose, I lose. That's just how I always thought about it. And so that was the one, that was the key indicator um, 
and I can look at it and track it on every opportunity and experience that I've had, it's always been because of who I positioned and branded myself to be. And it's authentic to myself. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad to know that we have both in common, the the sport of track and field. Okay. Uh, because I never, never bought into this whole idea personally uh-huh. uh, that there's no I in team because I knew that there was an invisible I because mm-hmm. I ran track both in high school and in college. Mm-hmm. And in understanding uh, that whole concept of um, not that there's an invisible I in team, it all came from track and field because the individual races mm-hmm. speaks to the points yeah. of the overall team being able to win or not win the whole meet. Yes, sir. <laughs> and in understanding that, it helped me to better understand that self-awareness is very important mm-hmm. to your overall journey, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're wanting to be successful in your career. Because yes, the team is important. Mm-hmm. But your role in the overall team success is mm-hmm. just as important because when you're not performing on the level that you need to perform, mm-hmm. when you're not really uh, introspectively looking at uh, yourself and how you can better yourself, it ultimately impacts the team. Yes, sir. And it's interesting because when you were saying that, I was reflecting over even to you keeping yourself healthy, yeah. you know? eating right, you know, if you're hurt and you're on a relay team, then you you jeopardize the relay and you jeopardize your individual events. And so it's everything that you do impacts you, but also impacts the team in totality. So, yeah. yeah. And even when we speak with this whole idea of branding, personal branding, because I know Mm -hmm. some of you are probably listening like, well, what does any of this have to do with branding Mm -hmm. and marketing? Well, at the end of the day, as a track athlete, um, you have to be put on the team, especially when it becomes to a relay, right? Uh And that means that I had to represent myself in a way, whether it would be through my speed or through my endurance, Mm -hmm. for me to be chosen to be placed on the team. So I had to develop a brand as a sprinter, enough for the coach to say, Markeith's assets on this particular relay team in conjunction or Mm -hmm. in partnership with the other three would be helpful for the overall race. Yes, and at sir. the end of the day, that's what <laughs> personal branding is. It is. It really is. What do people think about you based on the performance, reputation, or the results that you presented before people? Mm-hmm. Right? And those things to are say, so that's important. the person that I need on this team, or that's the person I need to work with to take me to the next level. Uh, nothing but facts. <laughs> <laughs> nothing but facts. But yeah, it, it, so, it's super know, important. Understanding that, right? Yeah, it's super important because even when I was recruited, um, I, re- I was recruited because I was a hurdler and they needed hurdlers. But the thing that also was, you know, that, that made me stand out from others is I was hurt my senior year going into outdoor season. And so um, when I was recruited, my coach actually reached out to the head coach at UNC Charlotte. That's where I went to run track. And um he was like, you know, I, I, I got back in shape enough to run in state championships. And so he said, one of the things I admire about you is your hard work. Like the fact that you were able to put in the work and come back with a positive attitude and to get healthy enough to run shows me that, you know, you are up for the challenge. You're up for the hard work. And we want someone with that ethic on the team because 
it, it really, you know, the energy you bring really goes out to others. And so you want that positive attitude, that representation on the team, because when things get down on the team, you know, it's like a, it's, it's like a rot, you know, like rotten fruit. If you put rotten fruit next to other rotten fruit, it's going to make the other fruit, you know, rot quicker. So you got to make sure that when you're building a team, you know, whether we're talking about track or talking about your own business and people that you bring in, that you bring in people that match your values and the brand that you are building and, and that you represent and that people know you for because they are an extension of you at some aspect, some point. Great, 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 great. And so let's shift a little bit. Mm -hmm. What is a personal brand to you? Um, I think a personal brand is really um, how you show up authentically as yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I say a lot of times, everything that you do and you create is birthed from who you are at your core. Right. You know, the, uh, the job that you decide to take, whether you fit in that job or not, from a cultural perspective, is relative to who you are and what your value are internally. So you see a lot of people that may not, you know, fit at a certain job. A lot of times it's because internally the atmosphere isn't conducive to grow and to really blossom who they are. So sometimes you got to move yourself out of different environments. So from personal brand, it's, it's really who you are at your core, you know, who you are, you know, and then that goes into what you, what you like, what you love. And it's, and it's all related and, and really connected to, you know, the why you're here to do it. You know, there's some people who want to be doctors because when they grew up, their family, you know, had all these health issues and they didn't have money to afford being a doctor. So, hey, I want to be mm -hmm. a doctor because I want to support and help people, you know, who, who don't have insurance or I saw that in my family. So I wanted to be the solution for this problem that I saw and it's d directly related into experience that they found. And so, you know, for me, I know that I always wanted to be in a place where I wanted to inspire, to celebrate, to empower others. Um, especially growing up, you know, um, being the only, you know, uh, black and brown boy in a lot of my classes, you know, I grew up in a small town in Virginia. And so for me, um, I always saw myself as being the representation, the representation, being the representation of, you know, the black man. Um, and so I always was very conscious of how I showed up because for a lot of people, I would be their first experience. And so even when I got into the corporate world, I was the only black person in this agency. And so I felt a responsibility to provide opportunities to, you know, students at HBCUs to get internships because otherwise, where else are they going to get the experience so that they can go on and have a career? And so for me, it was all attached to my experience because someone did that for me. And so that personal brand is really connected to your personal experiences, to your personal story, um, to your personal beliefs. And, and a lot of those things will really, you know, grow over time. You know, you don't just wake up and have that when you're little. Those experiences, you know, will, will sift, you know, through the things that work and don't work and who you are, who you aren't. And then you get to the point where, you know, you really, if you track it back, I guarantee you, anyone who's listening to it, if you track back what you're doing now, in some capacity, it's related to a story or experience that you had and something that you want to fix or solve because of something that you've experienced or, it's what makes your heart smile, you know? And so that's really right, what I right. think about is really getting personal <laughs> with the brand that you put out for people to see. Right. And it allows you to, you know, like you said, completely be authentic uh, to who you really are. Mm -hmm. And we're recording this um, towards the end of 2019, going into a brand new decade. And I can recall listening to a particular um, individual entrepreneur 
who pretty much was saying that, you know, a personal brand style business or a personal mm-hmm. brand style reputation is really uh, almost like it's bulletproof, meaning that no matter how the market shifts, mm-hmm. that if you build a brand around yourself as an expert in a particular niche, it mm-hmm. should be able to survive whatever type of market shifts there are because what you're doing is, is you're building more so a community around whatever that expertise or niche is. Mm-hmm. And so what does that mean to the career professional? What does that mean to the entrepreneur? What that means is, is that you want to be known for something. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. a lot of people have a challenge because they think that they're boxing themselves in and they don't see how they really aren't. Can you mm-hmm. talk to that a little bit? You know, it's, it's, think about it this way. Like, even for like the career professionals who are, who are, who are watching this, you may not be an entrepreneur. Why is it so important that people ask for references? Mm. It's the, their word of mouth. And literally what they're talking about is they're asking about who you are. They want to get to know more right. about the person. And so for individuals who may not be aware of what their brand is giving off, right? If, if that's the question that you're, you're asking. Um, I always say, you know, do the, the scary work of asking people, what do they think mm-hmm. when they hear your name? Like, what do you think about me? Like, yeah. what's the first thing that comes to your mind? And one of the things that I do when I, uh, you know, begin, you know, onboarding new clients is I do an assessment. I say, well, what do people say about you? Mm-hmm. What do you want them to say about you? Mm-hmm. And then what do they say? And then I have them compare it. And nine times out of 10, people who have been true to themselves, those words and those experiences are like scary identical. And I, when I asked them, I said, hey, did you notice that what you said you wanted people to see you as and know you as, people have already said that about you. And they're like, wow, I really didn't, didn't think about it because we, a lot of times I think we are afraid or fearful to hear what people really think about us. Yeah. And so we don't ask those questions, but I think it's really one awareness because when you are aware, you can pivot, you can adjust, you can make changes. And it also gives you an opportunity to reflect. So without awareness, you can't reflect. So once you gain that awareness, then you can reflect and say, okay, if someone says that I am, cause I've had like my friends say, you know, you come off really, um, really intense and um, really, you know, direct and you can hurt people's feelings. And I'm like, I can hurt your feelings because, but my directness can come off very just, ah, but it's really passion behind it. But then I I say, I have to go back and say, okay, how can I deliver that differently? So that how I'm trying to deliver it comes off the way I want it to deliver. But I wouldn't be able to make that shift if I didn't ask the question. Yeah, that's real good. That's real good. That's the second thing we have. And Mm -hmm. people tell me, uh, all the time about, you know, and I'm just pretty matter of fact. So I, mm-hmm. it's it's almost a blessing and a curse. So, you know, for my brand, um, much of my gift, much of my innate ability forces me to be a, a extroverted individual mm-hmm. in public. However, I am more personality-wise uh-huh. an introvert. Yeah. However, everything that I do... Uh-huh forces me to be in public from being a speaker to being, you know, an ordained minister to mm-hmm. being, you know, a, a former educator, you know, all of these things yeah. that I am naturally good at don't necessarily speak to 
my quote unquote personality mm-hmm. because I like intimate spaces. I like one-on-one conversations. I yes. like uh, the opportunity to, you know, make an impact in mm-hmm. small steps versus impact in the most larger ways. But how I have the opportunity to do a little bit of both, mm-hmm. but my preference yeah. is the other. And sometimes it is hard to ask that question when you hear Marquise Braden, what first comes to mind? <laughs> yeah. Because it's not your intent to mm-hmm. um, rub people the wrong way. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you have to deal with it so that you can um, confront it. I, I think it was, I learned it from uh, Paula White or somebody. She said, you mm-hmm. cannot confront what you're unwilling to identify and you cannot identify what you're unwilling to confront. Amen. It's, and it's, it's just like, you know, going to the doctor, you know, yeah. symptoms like you can't solve, you know, a doctor cannot help you and prescribe what it is that you need if you don't know what's going on. And if you can't give them the details and, and, have, and help them to diagnose what's actually taking place. And so I think a lot of people are, are fearful. And then what happens is, you know, a lot of people will adopt other people's personality yeah. or what they see. And, you know, and you mentioned something earlier about, you know, you know, the personal brand and, and, and how powerful and important that is. And so I always tell people it's important that how you show up online is how you show up in person as well, because uh, you don't want people to have right yes. that, that, that break because people are experiencing you one way online mm-hmm. and you're, you're bubbly and you're all this and you're all that and you're getting person and either you're rude or you're quiet and they're like, and then now you've, you've broken that connection because now they're like, that's not what I, what I experienced them to be. Um, it's like meeting your favorite artist and the artist being rude <laughs> or nasty. And then you're like, uh, and so it just kills the vibe altogether. And so I tell people, you got to be very careful to make sure who you are at your core is who you are, period. Yeah, you know, good. because you can't, you can only fake it for so long. You can only fake a role for so long before it starts to come out. And I tell people all the time, what you see for me online, you know, I have friends of mine, especially some of my business colleagues, they always talk about, well, everything's just always just perfect with you. And it's not perfection that mm-hmm. I go after. It's just yeah. excellence. Like if yeah. I'm going to put my name on it, it's going to be done in excellence. You know, mm-hmm. now, will there be mistakes and, and failures along the way? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best to make sure that whether it's mistakes and failures along the way, I'm going to present Excellence, which are two different things, yeah. but they don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so as we as we continue this conversation about this idea of the personal brand, mm-hmm. basically what we're saying is you could you can control it to some degree. Yeah. So what are some steps mm-hmm. that one can take? Who says you know in this new decade that yes. we are entering into, you know I really am going to take more control over my personal brand, my expertise. Mm-hmm because I want more opportunities to do such and such. You know, mm-hmm. what are some steps that that person can take who's kind of just haphazardly just kind of floated right. in their career or haphazardly kind of just floated u- utilizing social media? Mm-hmm. You know, because one of the big things that I know that I'm going to be uh, doing a lot on uh, college mm-hmm. campuses is, as well as with some of my uh, fraternity, uh, younger fraternity brothers is teaching them, you know, you know, how do you bring yourself in mm-hmm. this digital space 
so that you can get the job you want or mm -hmm. so that you can grow the business that you desire? What are some of those steps that we can take control over our brand? Um, one thing is, is really uh, define what that thing is that you want to do. I think a lot of people um, aren't clear. They talk around it. They talk through it. They talk, you know, back and forth around it, but they never stick with what is it that I want to do? What's that thing? And then reverse engineer. Okay, if this is the thing that I want to do, then what are the character traits related yeah. to that? What's yeah. associated with that? What's the responsibility of being a speaker, you know, or if I want to be this trainer or if I want to be this business owner, what are the traits and the tools and the things that I need to sustain it? Not just the talent itself to do it and the experience, but you also have to have the mindset and the character to sustain mm -hmm. what it is that you want to be. And again, that's at the core of who we are. So once you identify and define that, of course, that will evolve over time as you grow, that right. view of that will grow and you get to define it for yourself. Um, do an audit of yourself. One thing that I, I used to be scared to do is Google myself <laughs> to see what came up. And it's interesting. And I, I learned this recently when I Googled myself, if, if you notice on my social media, it's Derek D. Ross. Mm -hmm. And so I Googled Derek D. Ross. And when I Googled Derek D. Ross, my website, my, my LinkedIn, Facebook, things that I've done will pop up. Now, when I Google Derek Ross, I, mm -hmm. I have a hit on the first page. I may have a hit on the second page. How you name yourself is critically important because the consistency of the name that you use is what's going to show up because you're using it across your platforms, your social media, your website. And so when someone's Googling, you know, you to see what it is that you do from an expertise perspective, you want to make sure that you are consistently using whatever that name is, whether that, so use it on your business cards, use it on your website, use it in your name, your bio, use Derek, so Derek D. Ross's. And what I've done now is I've gone back into some of my websites. So where the D is not, I add the D because mm -hmm. I want that to show up because I'm already showing up powerfully with that. And I've done a good job at branding that. So one is how are you showing up? Pick the name. You know, I, I grabbed my name real quick. Wasn't thinking about it intentionally, but right. I have my email, right. my website, DerekDRoss.com. All my social media is Derek D. Ross. It makes it easy for people to find me. That's and good. so when you do find me now, it's the content. What am I creating? Everything that I have that I'm creating is either centered around business or mindset. Um, and, and when you look through my page, that's all that's there. Mm -hmm. It's consistent with what it is that I want to do. It's consistent with what I tell people and what I share on a daily basis. And so when you go to my pages, you're not going to see any ratchet behavior. You're not going to see, because that's not me. You're not going to see. So I've done a good job of really being true to who I am and only really sharing things that appeal to me. And if I do share something, mm -hmm. then I relate it and correlate it back to the why. Because don't share something and people will be like, huh, why? They've never shared that before. Think about things that you share. And so you have to do an audit. Do an audit of what you've, you've posted. Where do I want to be? compared to where I am now, where I want to be. Sometimes you got to delete things off your social media. You have to archive things. You have to go back through and really clean up things that don't align with who you are and what you want to do. And so that would be definitely, you know, two of the first things, identifying and being clear on what it is that you want to do and, and what's associated with that role, that responsibility, that character, and then do an audit of yourself to make sure that what you are presenting, what you're putting out there from your name, from the content is, 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 is connected to that. Because if it's not, then people are going to notice from the outside yeah. looking in. Yeah, so yeah, those, those would be a few things that I would say to initially start some immediate actionable items mm -hmm. that you can start doing. 
So real quick, before we go to break, what if when I want to buy my name, it's not available? What are mm-hmm. some alternatives that mm-hmm. I can do? Because I believe even if you're not an entrepreneur and you're a yeah. career professional, you should still see if you can purchase your mm-hmm. domain, your name, mm-hmm. uh, so that you own it because you never know, you know, you may end up becoming an entrepreneur or yeah. you may leverage your URL for opportunities mm-hmm. if you're going up for a new job, right? And yeah. so what are some alternatives to if your name is already taken? Um, some alternatives would be, uh, well, first, uh, even if you don't have a business right now, go ahead and start looking for your name and just have it to save it. Pay for it, you know, keep it. You may not use it now, you may use it later. So that that would be a caveat for those who may not have it now. Go look at um, if you look it up and you don't have, and it's not available, then think back to how people are describing you, right? So they might call, they say, they might say, you know, Markeith, he's the, the podcast guy. So, and if everybody says that consistently, then use that aspect of it to describe your business or what people say about you. Because in a sense, what people are saying about you, you've already branded that. So mm-hmm. people are remembering that. And that's what they're referring to you as. Um, like for quick story, I do um, a blog called Rules of Frost. And, um, you know, it started off as just my way of just sharing my thoughts and my experiences to hope it help other people who are going through similar things. And so anyway, I started writing it, sharing it. And so it was funny because people that know me are like, hey, that's Rules of Ross. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up, Rules of Ross? And so they start calling me by the title. And so I was like, OK, I did a good job of branding that because even they know my name. They also know the brand um, right. separate from my name. And so. Right. Think about it at, you know, what people are saying about you. Just quietly listen, you know? So if you're giving advice and they're like, oh, he's the guru on advice, you know, the advice guru, you know what I'm saying? Start thinking about that and you can build your name within the copy and, you know, all the other stuff so that when right. people search your name, it still shows up in SEO and all that good stuff. And, and it's always good, even when you're, you know, marketing, which we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in the second half of, of the, this episode is because let's say you're doing an interview mm-hmm. and a lot of people may not know how to spell marquee. Mm-hmm. But they can spell maximizeyourbrand.com. Boom. Yep. And so, what are some of the things that are associated with your business or with mm-hmm. your name that you can, if you're doing an interview, just spit out so that people mm-hmm. can remember it and then have it redirect and, you know, talking that language now, redirect to a yeah. place that you want people to go to. And so I'm always buying URLs that are mm-hmm. associated with the business, maximizerbrand.com or uh, the Mark Heath Brayton podcast or uh-huh. um, just different, you know, brand me academy. Yeah.com. I'm always mm-hmm. thinking of things that I can buy because I may use them somewhere where it may be easy for people to remember, especially if they can't necessarily spell my name correctly. And I'm appreciative. Mm-hmm. I didn't always right. be as appreciative to my mother uh-huh. for naming me uh, Mark Keith. However, you know, I was able to own my name. And then I found out there were a lot of Mark Keiths, um, but looking. <laughs> not with my last name. So right. MarkeithBrayton.com uh-huh. was available and I bought every, you know, situation I could that was around it. .net, .org, yeah. whatever, you know, so. And I would say, look at some different things. So like for me, when I tried to buy Derek Ross, it wasn't available. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up with Derek D. Ross. Yeah. Um, and so even just adding that initial was like, okay. And then that's when I started just branding Derek D. Ross. And so, yeah. So what about those people who like the real Derek Ross or the uh-huh. real Derek D. Ross? Do you advise 
to do those types um, of? I would say be careful with just the general stuff. Like you really want to make it specific to what it is that you're doing, uh, because what does the real Derek do Ross say? Mm-hmm. It does, you know, unless real is an acronym for a, a program that I'm putting out, you know, what does the real, you know, not now celebrities do that because they're really using real as saying, hey, I am the real person. So that's the reason why they have it in there. But for Mm -hmm. us um, who are, you know, everybody, that's another Derek D. Ross. So him saying the real isn't, I mean, yeah, that's subjective to whoever knows you, right? Right, (laughs) So um, I would say, you know, really think about, you know, connecting and tying your name to your expertise Mm -hmm. or the area of focus that you really want to be known for. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was a great first half of Maximizer Brand with Markeith Braden. We dealt with a personal branding and things that you can do to, you know, I help identify yourself in this digital space. The second half, we're going to talk about how do we properly market ourselves uh, for the things that we want to do, whether it is a business, whether it is climbing the corporate ladder, you know, you still should be marketing yourself appropriately. And we'll talk to Derek about ways that we can do that. So we'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Do you have a message, a story that you really want to get out to individuals because you know it would be helpful to them and really help to transform lives? Or perhaps you have a business that you are desiring to market, but you're really not sure how to best market it. Well, I'm here to let you know that podcasting is one of the best ways to market your business, to get your message out, to amplify your voice, and to become or to be seen as an expert in your niche. And during this episode of Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Braden, I want to offer an opportunity to you to have a conversation with me about how to launch a powerful and profitable podcast, how to launch a powerful and profitable podcast. And all you have to do is go to my website at www.markeithbrayton.com and click on the contact me tab and schedule you a complimentary consultation, a complimentary discovery session, which is a 30 minute conversation with me on how I can best serve and help you with your ideas, with your business, with your podcast, so that you can get your message out, so that you can amplify your voice, and really begin to be seen as an expert and authority in your niche. Go to www.markeithbrain.com, click on the Contact Me tab, and schedule your complimentary discovery session today. All right, welcome back as we continue our conversation with Derek D. Ross, as he shared with us in the first half. That's how he kind of helps to really uh, distinguish himself and, and uh, you know, make a difference with his personal brand online. And so this second half, we're going to talk about marketing trends, things that you can do to market yourself as we go into this new decade and the next 10 years, if there's some things that you know you want to do, there are some things that you definitely can do with your personal brand and how to properly market yourself to make those things a reality. Mm -hmm. And so I want to start out with the whole question, what is marketing? Wow. Um, Marketing is really uh, how you communicate and share about your personal brand. 
you know, once I establish the brand, marketing is, you know, the different ways that I put it out there so that people can um, understand and learn about what it is that I do and the solution that I provide to whatever their pain or problem may be. Yeah. Um, and so when you think about, when I think about marketing, a lot of times when I talk about marketing, I always say integrated marketing. And people say, what's integrated marketing? Well, integrated marketing is really what it sounds like. You know, I, I, I look at marketing as communications, mm-hmm. it's advertising, it's promotions, it's all weaved together because everything should be connected right? So whether I'm on social media or digital, whether I am doing an interview in public relations, whether I'm putting advertising out there, the the copy, the conversation, the brand, all of it should be connected no matter what medium or, or marketing tool or solution that I'm using to communicate what it is that I offer, you know? And so um, a lot of people will look at it and it's like, it's not separate. Mm-hmm. They work together cohesively as a team. Um, for the end goal of getting you noticed and getting the awareness and driving, you know, traffic to your website, whatever the goal is at the end of the day that you're trying to achieve. You know, in simple terms, when I'm doing a presentation, I always tell people from what I understand the difference, especially between branding and marketing. To me, marketing pushes out Mm -hmm. that in which you uh, have to offer or how you provide value. Mm -hmm. Branding Branding attracts so I create a brand that attracts a certain type of person. Now, why mm-hmm. is that important to know? Because I went through this phase where uh-huh. I was attracting individuals who I particularly really didn't want to work with. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And I was pushing out to individuals the services or the thing, the value that I wanted to provide to a particular individual. And so it took me some time. And and some of you may be asking, well, you know, give a little bit more detail. What I'm saying is, is that ultimately I was marketing, whether it was podcasting services, whether it was, you know, helping corporate executives with their personal brand or entrepreneur influences with their personal brand. However, the brand itself was attracting non-premium based clients. I wanted to work with a more premium-based client, but I was only attracting, at the time, mm-hmm. individuals who wanted nickel and dime me. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, and that's, it's, it, you hit it right on the head. It's, it's really how you communicate the brand that you've created. How do you, right. you know, share that and really attract the individuals that you've built a brand around serving, you know, and, and being authentic with. I had a client... Um, recently, they have a luxury brand, but how they have staffed their team, how they have built the internal and the experience that people have, it's not high quality, it's not high end. Right. And so even though the branding is high quality, you have to make sure that the experience, the marketing, the connection, the communication, the customer service, it all aligns with this brand that you've built that's attracting people. Because again, like we talked about earlier in the first half of the show, um, who you are and who people experience needs to be in alignment. Branding who you are, what people experience is the marketing aspect of it. And it needs to be in alignment or you will lose people, you will lose customers and you don't want that word of mouth to get out. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, That's the other aspect. So, um, so yeah, it, it's critically important to understand. That's why I tell people a lot of times, if there's, 
if, if there is a disconnect between your brand and who you're attracting, first go back and make sure that your brand, what is your brand communicating, right? That's why you have to test it, test, mm -hmm. you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think of when you hear Marquis, right? That's why right. you have to do those testers, do surveys, try to get a feel for what people are thinking and saying about you. And so if your brand is on target, then you go back and look and, and see, okay, what messaging am I putting out there? Where's the disconnect? Um, right. And what I'm saying to people that's making me draw in the people that I'm not trying to connect with. Cool. So that's good. So what are some things that we definitely can do as individuals who want to make sure that we are marketing ourselves appropriately? And so what I want to do is get what are some of the top five things that you would suggest uh, as it pertains to how to properly market oneself or how mm -hmm. to properly market one's business? Wow. So you will hear this all the time, but you have to know who you are speaking to, who, who is your target audience, who is your niche. Um, and, and I know people beat it in, in, you know, beat that concept down, but it's so important because who you are trying to reach will determine everything else that follows, where they are, yeah. how you communicate with them. Um, I had a lady that uh, was like, oh, well, you know, I target grandmothers. I was like, okay. I said, well, there's a lot of different types of grandmothers out there. Mm -hmm. You have your grandmothers who are cougars. You have your grandmas out here who are, <laughs> who are retired and living their best life on cruises. Then you have your grandmas who are just stay at home taking care of the kids. And so each one of them have, has a different lifestyle, a different want, a different need, a different thing that attracts them. And so I said, even within the grandmother community, you have to be specific in what types of grandmas you're trying to reach to. And so that is critically important, understanding who you're trying to target. And you might ask, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, you do that by really, you know, looking at yourself. Because a lot of times I say you are an extension of, of, of the audience that you're trying to reach. Something that you have experienced, again, something that you have overcome is connected to the audience that you also want to serve and helping them do that as well um, okay. in some capacity. So uh, that's one. Two, once you know who your, your audience is, um, and how to target them, then you start to see, okay, how are they engaging with me? Um, one of my clients, uh, well, former clients I used to work with, uh, used to do a, a lot of different events and they used to do events in a particular market and they would really never sell tickets. And so I said, well, you know, have you, and this is before I started really started working with them. I said, well, have you gone in to look at, see where your audience lives? And so when we went back, None of her audience really lived in that city where she was trying to do an event. They were all in other cities. So once you know who your audience is, find out where they are, because yeah. that can help spe specifically if you're doing advertising, you know, what cities to reach out to and where to spend your dollars. So you're not wasting your dollars in markets where your audience isn't currently found because initially coming out, you want to be smart with your dollars. Mm -hmm. So you want to go where the people are who are currently engaging with you and build from there. You know, a lot of people wanna go national immediately. Well, you have to build local, yeah, close yeah. to home, yeah. be the expert in your town and then mm -hmm. begin to see how you can branch out because now you've built brand ambassadors from that perspective. I think that's good not to cut you off, but one of the reasons why I love podcasting mm -hmm. and why I love that I make the decision to make podcasting really my primary source of marketing mm -hmm. is because I can look at my data and know where the people are who listen. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing a book signing, I can go to my podcast 
analytics and say, well, Atlanta downloads it at this percentage, you know, DC downloads it at this percentage. There are a whole lot of downloads out here in LA. So instead of me going to all these cities, instead of me doing a book signing in Nashville, mm-hmm. when my downloads might be higher in other cities, right? I'm yep. going to the cities where, okay, well, I have this listenership in city A, city B, city C. That's where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to waste time and money being somewhere that nobody really knows me or nobody's really listening to the podcast. Yeah. And then I'll add a, I'll add an, an addition to that. So say, for instance, there is a city, say, for instance, you know, where I live here in Durham. And say no one really knows you here. Like, they'll know you after this podcast because, you know, I'll be sharing it. But, uh, <laughs> but say they don't know you here. And then so you would say, hey, D, since you've been on the podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. let's partner and leverage your That's network good. there, you know? And so if you're trying to penetrate a market that you're not in, mm-hmm. find partnerships within your community, within people that you've are, that already know your brand. And maybe you do, you know, a one-on-one sit-down session about branding. And then you also release the book and do a book signing, you know? You create opportunities with people who are uh, advocates of your work or ambassadors, and then you leverage them to help, you know, launch you in a market that you're not necessarily... Um, visible or uh, widely, you know, popular in yet. So, and that would have been my number two because this podcast is Uh to so many people, right? I can call on so many people just because, you know, I literally interviewed them and Mm -hmm. then kept some level of a relationship with them, you know, and following them via social media, communicating with them on a regular basis, just Mm -hmm. from the fact that we did an interview. You know, I know for um, moving forward, especially uh, in 2020, I'm going to do this comeback series, going back to those Uh people I interviewed years ago, right? And saying, hey, what are you doing now? Like, let's let's find out what's going on with you now and how has your mindset changed? How's your business changed? Mm -hmm. So on and so forth. And so just kind of keeping that flow. And I just love just the interview process and what it does for me as a personal brand mm-hmm. as, well, as well as what it does for the business. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, so I would add, so, you know, this goes into number three, which I would say consistency, uh, mm-hmm. because it takes time to understand and develop your messaging. And so, yes, I have my, you know, my, my personal brand down and I know exactly, you know, who I'm targeting now and I know where they are. Now, how do I communicate with them? So even doing a, a deeper dive in, you know, where do they spend their time? Do they listen to the radio? Do they listen to TV? Are they on social media? Because you want to be intentional again, where you put your dollars. And so you don't want to be speaking to them in a place they're not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, making sure that, you know, once you, you know, where they are geographically, right. Then, you know, start looking at ways that you can communicate with them and how and where they spend their time. Um, Even throughout different seasons and different parts of the year, that will be going a little bit deeper. So around the holiday time, what is your target audience doing around the holidays? So then you know, okay, what can I do? What can I share? What can I provide with to them during those times of the year? Because what they're doing around Christmas time is going to be totally different than what they're doing in March or yeah. July. And yeah. so when you know your audience, you can pivot and adjust your messaging and what you share, what you offer to really serve them in different parts of the year in different areas and different parts of their life. But it takes consistency. You're not just going to know it off the top of your head as soon as you get out there. And a lot of people get frustrated and they don't 
stay consistent with the process because you may be testing a message and you may put a message out and you may not get any any response back. So instead of saying, you know what, I'm done with it, <laughs> retweak the messaging, you know, connect it with something that they are connected to, you know, it could be a trend happening. And so, you know, you bridge the trend with a message that you have to really get the eyeballs, you know, um, mm-hmm. engage with it. So there's a lot of little tricks, but again, the messaging can, is, is definitely one key aspect in understanding where they are. So I guess that's two in one, consistency, Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, messaging and finding out where the channels are that they're listening and how you can connect that messaging with them. Um, some people listen. So podcasts are great. Um, some people listen to radio. They watch TV. So video, um, images, yeah. some people yeah. blog, yeah. you know, email. So um, so finding that that good mix. And then what you can do is you can increase the frequency, right? Once you find out hey, maybe they do listen and they watch and they do this. So now you can hit the message in three different areas yeah, and increase good. the frequency of yeah. your reach to them. Because now that what they say now, you have to hit someone three to seven, even mm-hmm. up to like some, sometimes 21 times before people right. clutter of all the algorithms and things like that. So, Which is why I do what I do. And if uh-huh. there's any tip that I can leave with anybody who's listening or watching mm-hmm. uh, this podcast interview, and that is, is that I do my best to always try to start everything I do when it comes to content creation with a video. Because I'm able to take this video and have it transcribed. I'm mm-hmm. able to take this video and strip the audio and make it my podcast. I'm able to take this video and make snippets of 10-minute videos to place on LinkedIn or to place on IGTV. I'm able to take this video and do multiple things. And when you were talking about messaging as well, one of the things that I'm noticing more since I am more focused on uh, a particular uh, client is that I'm getting more uh, hits, views, looks in LinkedIn. Whereas I've been spending a lot of time Instagram and Facebook, but I have realized more and more that really my client is more on LinkedIn because they are that corporate professional who may be Mm -hmm. considering wanting to get in consulting, wanting to get into speaking, or they just wrote a book and they need help in marketing and branding that, you know, Mm -hmm. or they are wanting to, you know, maybe create opportunity to become an entrepreneur and they need a properly branded website. They need a speaker one sheet. They need all these things that play into the role Mm -hmm. of being a sought after expert. So video, I'll say it again, video is what everybody really should be doing. At least start out with video because Mm -hmm. you can now take that one piece of content and create it into multiple things. Yes, I I love that. and, and for me, I like video because I like to talk my thoughts out. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I can get caught in my head writing. Writing, I, I love writing when I'm focused, but sometimes mm-hmm. if I just have something to share, writing can get in the way of just getting it out. And so doing a quick video and recording and putting it out there, and like you say, getting it transcribed, boom, I'm done. Two birds, mm-hmm. one stone. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a know who you are trying to target. Mm-hmm. How is your audience engaging with you? Mm-hmm. How consistency? How consistent are you mm-hmm. with your uh, brand? And then also messaging. Mm-hmm. What is the message, and where will you deliver the message? And so I think we need one more. We need one more. One more. And then the last one would just be uh, collaboration. collaboration. Um, that's you know one of the things that I have learned 
um, really is that for me, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll connect the two. So for me, one of the ways and one of the channels where I meet a lot of um, the people that I either, clients I either work with or either people I collaborate with is in in-person events. That's how I met you. And so for me, it, it gives people an opportunity to not only experience the brand personally and get a connection and a feel, um, but also, you know, nine times out of 10, we're going to ask, well, what do you do? And we're going to share experiences and stories and we're going to connect in a way. And then we continue the conversation offline and we connect and eventually we find an opportunity um, to do something together. It may not always happen right then and there. That's where the consistency comes in. You have to be still be consistent across the board, whether it's creating messaging, whether it's staying connected with people. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually at that, at the right time, you know, it'll come together where you can collaborate with one another. But I've done so many things because I was able to collaborate with other uh, entrepreneurs or professionals that I've met that we had either similar interests or similar fields and areas of expertise, mm -hmm. or we filled each other's gaps. Mm -hmm. And we were able to say, well, let's come together and do this and share ideas. And then what that does, right? People call it audience hacking or audience yeah. sharing, but then my audience gets a chance to experience them. Their audience gets a chance to experience me. And now we've doubled our view. You know, and now we've created another opportunity. Now people share it. And so collaboration um, is very important from a marketing perspective. And you can use that in your toolkit, you know, but make sure you're still authentic with it. You don't want to just collaborate with someone because you want to use them to access, you know, someone's space. You don't want to do it. You want to still be respectful. And hopefully that's every that's a part of everyone's brand, right? It's respect, <laughs> honesty, you know, trust, all that good stuff. But you want to make sure um, that you are connecting with individuals that you can serve and that yeah. uh, you also, you know, also can serve you mutually beneficial relationships is what I always say. And so that collaboration piece is truly, um, truly a powerful tool. Good stuff. Well, I knew that this was going to be a little bit longer than my normal podcast, just because <laughs> I, I already picked up your personality and my personality. So, but know who you're trying to target is number one. Number two, how is your audience engaging with you? Number three, you have to be consistent with whatever it is that you have chosen to do uh, um, with, your, with your brand and with your marketing. Uh, know what your message is so that people can connect or people can turn it off because I'm an advocate of that when somebody lands on your website, when somebody lands on your landing page, they either need to know I need to listen or watch mm -hmm. or they need to know I need to go away. Right. And collaboration. Collaboration is key. I believe that it is going to be those, especially small businesses mm -hmm. uh, who collaborate with others that are going to be the ones who are most successful as we go into uh, this next uh, decade. So collaboration is key. So Derek D. Ross, let us know how can we uh, find you via social media? How can we connect with you? And uh, do you have anything that you would like to share with those who are listening that they can maybe access as a, a free gift to stay connected with you? Awesome. So uh, again, you can find me on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and my website, Derek D. Ross, uh, DerekDRoss.com. Just at me, Derek D. Ross, and you'll find me across all platforms. Uh, and then also uh, what I did was uh, earlier this year, I released a 31-day mindset devotional 
uh, called Piece from Pieces. And it's really an opportunity for me to share a lot of my um, personal experiences, both uh, personal and professional, and some of the ways that I handled those, uh, some awarenesses that I gained, just so that I can help those who may be on a similar journey or who may be going, uh, experiencing something that I've been through. So uh, peace.rulesofroth.com is where you can go. Uh, to download the free ebook, totally free, 31 Days Mindset Devotional. Uh, and then you just, you know, do it each day, you know, and um, you read and reflect. And so um, it's definitely something that um, I wanted to share a part of my journey and my personal brand experience and so with others. So, Awesome. Awesome. Any final words that you would leave to that person who is saying, you know, I really know that I'm got to move to the next level in this next decade mm -hmm. as we enter into 2020 and really begin mm -hmm. to, you know, live life in this new dispensation. Yeah. I got to go to the next level. What would you say? Um, I would say be gracious to yourself. Um, that's a lesson that I really had to learn uh, and not rush myself faster than I was ready. So sometimes we have to take a step back and go to the the drawing board back to the beginning and say, you know, what is it that I want to do now? You know, mm -hmm. I've done all this other stuff, but what is it that I want to do now? What is it that I love? And where do I want to go with it? And that way you can look at the bigger vision and then you can break it back down into smaller steps to get there. But you first have to know where you're going before you can start the journey. And so a lot of times just take the step back and don't rush the process. Again, have grace in yourself. It's, 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 we're always becoming, we're always growing. Um, you didn't always know what you knew now. Mm -hmm. And you and and it will take experiences to know what you'll know in the future. So just trust that process. Be patient with yourself. Don't be afraid to ask for help, and um, just keep going. Don't give up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on uh, this week for the Maximize Your Brand with Mark Heath Brayton podcast. Those of you who are watching us via social media, whether that be YouTube, whether that be Facebook, or some aspects of Instagram, hit that like button, share it out with those who you feel like might find great value out of this. Those of you who are listening to the audio, we appreciate your ratings and reviews. We appreciate your ratings and reviews. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about uh, this particular podcast episode so that we kind of have an idea of if this is a conversation we need to keep having. I know that I'll have Derek back on because we really didn't get into some of the technical aspects of mm -hmm. what we need to do in order to brand and market ourselves. So we kind of kept it at a high level. So we definitely have him back on the episode. You know that I am appreciative. I've probably said it about three or four times in this episode, but I, I know that when people do nice things uh, for you, you should just simply say thank you. So I leave you with this. Always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care. <laughs>